the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Six o'clock hour of the Bruce Hooley Show. Congratulations. Your weekend has officially arrived. I think it's officially arrived when it is uh, six o'clock on a Friday night. Uh, mine is only an hour away. I'm looking forward to it. My daughter starts her soccer season tomorrow, so uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, football season is right around the corner, you know, because the Ohio State Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day was in Indianapolis today. And I like what Ryan Day had to say, not about his team but about vaccinations. Uh, They are not forcing their players to get vaccinated. Vaccinated. He said, uh, we're getting close to 100% compliance. Hopefully we'll get to 100%. We'll see. We're not going to make anybody get it. That's their decision. But there's risk with everything they do. I feel pretty good where we're at. Hopefully in the next week or two we can add guys to that list. So that is the right approach. You have to balance the cost of doing it, of not doing it. Do you believe you'll recover? Now, you're not probably an elite athlete like an Ohio State football player. But they're young, strong, virile, full of vim and vigor, unlikely to succumb to COVID, but they don't even want to sit out of practice. Can't afford it. Somebody else might get their spot. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm in an age bracket that, you know, most people would say, hmm, you should think about it. I'm not in an age bracket where it makes compelling sense to get it. And I believe in the body God gave me, the the miracle of the body God gave me. And so I will, for the foreseeable future, uh, live my life, not panic, not cling tightly to my own mortality, Uh, enjoy every day, enjoy every hour, enjoy every minute because nothing else is promised. And I have no problem proceeding through my life that way. Some people, wow, they want assurances that not only are they going to be fine, but I'm not going to intrude on their ability to be fine. But if we have breakthrough cases, which is defined as a case that gets through the firewall of a doubly vaccinated person, then it must be possible for me to get it. People at the White House got it. They were vaccinated. Texas Democrats got it. They were vaccinated. A member of Nancy Pelosi's staff got it. They were vaccinated. So if you're vaccinated and you can get it, then me getting vaccinated won't keep me from getting it, which means it won't keep me from giving it to you. So why would I get it if I'm not inclined to get it? (laughs) We have moved to 
no one can get a COVID positive test. No one can get a COVID positive test. A COVID positive test is unacceptable in our society anymore. Now, what they don't tell you about the tests is how sophisticated they are. Say it's the reason, right? When COVID arose, we thought it was the next Black Plague, the next Spanish flu, the next, you know, bubonic plague. Going to wipe out 5% of everybody who got it. Well, that would be unacceptable. So the scientific community went to work. And they came up with very exacting tests. Because if it was going to be that deadly, then you better find a test that would sniff out the very uh, minute presence of COVID in your body. Unfortunately, they did come up with such a test. It's called a PCR test. And all the numbers that you see now, tests rising, spiking, are PCR tests. Have you ever heard anyone talk about PCR tests and how exacting they are? And whether a positive PCR test means what your uh, wildly sprinting imagination assumes that it means? Uh, Here is Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins talking about how sophisticated tests are and what you should hear when you hear the tests are increasing. If you look at these headlines that are floating around the media right now, they describe a percent increase from a very low number to another low number. So a 31% increase in hospitalizations, which is what you're seeing right now reported out, is you're talking about a lot of incidental infections. Let me just make this point real quick because it's really important. The PCR test is so good you can detect one dead virus particle in your nose. So there's virus everywhere in in the atmosphere. And if you can get one virus particle, you're you're immune. You're not going to get sick from it. You're not going to transmit it. But you are going to light up on a PCR test. So when they PCR test every single athlete or everybody going on a trip or everyone at a workplace or at a school, or even in a hospital, when you come in for a broken arm, you're going to get tested with the PCR test. Guess what? We're going to be picking up more and more of these what we call colonized viruses. Now, that's information you don't hear very often. And that's information the White House doesn't want you to hear very often. I defined misinformation and disinformation as information the White House doesn't want you to hear. <laughs> so Marty McCari is one of the 12. He's one of the dirty dozen spreading misinformation, disinformation, which also is just information that might lead you to a different opinion than the White House wants you to have. But he has noticed, as have I, a deplorable vacuum in some of the numbers that I'm craving to know that would really illuminate in a much more clear fashion whether COVID is something that I need to take deathly serious 
something I need to just have moderate respect for, be wary of, or something that, for whatever reason, and I think the main reason was because it arose at a time where the left was looking for anything and everything it could to weaponize against the re-election of Donald Trump. Is it going to crash the economy? It's worth it! Are we going to have to lie to the American people? It's worth it! Are we going to have to suffer through skyrocketing domestic violence incidents and higher suicide rates and drug abuse rates and all that? Yes, but orange man bad. Here's Marty McCarry about what's missing in the data picture that you are given. More kids die from RSV virus, which is the cause of the common cold, than have died from COVID the entire pandemic. More, more kids have died in one year from RSV. So if we're going to use the current criteria to say we've got to put all these restrictions on kids, we're going to be in this situation in perpetuity. I mean, we're going to be like this forever. Now, there's no data on masks in kids in a two-year-old or three-year-old. I'd love to see it. And the way you see this vigorous requirement announced from on high with zero data. How is it that we have no data, by the way? The NIH spent $41 billion on research last year in 2020. 0.4% of that went to COVID of all their money. And of the 0.4% that went to COVID, by the way, this is a research study we're doing at Johns Hopkins. It'll be forthcoming, but here's the results. We went through all NIH grant funding last year 0.4% went to COVID, and it wasn't even for the basic COVID questions. It was things like COVID health disparities, which which is important. But how about how does it spread? When are you contagious? Do masks work? Those questions are unanswered. So to have zero science and data on this topic of kids and masks, and then to have such rigorous recommendations, I mean, you know, you can't do both. No, but they can. They are doing it. And they have many, many people who are officially approved by those who want you to listen only to approved messages. Uh, You know some of them. You see them virtually every day on CNN, MSNBC, all the networks. Here's Leona Wen. She's a doctor, and she's definitely, definitely uh, among the uh, COVIDiots out there. Uh, She doesn't think the Biden administration is scaring you enough. The CDC in the first place made the right decision when it comes to the science, but they didn't take into account human behavior. And I think there's something that there's one thing the Biden administration can be doing right now that would change the equation when it comes to incentives. And Mm -hmm. that's to use proof of vaccination. If they could say, get the vaccine, you have a proof of vaccination, you can take off your mask. That would be really key. And I also think that vaccine mandates are something that will have to come. Hmm. Proof of vaccination and vaccine mandates. Leona Wynn, enemy of liberty. A very sad story uh, has occurred in Columbus, and it uh, touches our show, not just emotionally, uh, but with an endeavor that we have talked about uh, as a show topic a lot. Um, And it involves uh, the very tragic loss of a nine-year-old girl. We'll talk about that next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Six twenty one, Bruce Hooley Show. I have a soft spot in my heart for 
small towns. I grew up in one, a uh, beautiful little town, kind of place where you could leave your doors open, uh, didn't have to worry about people breaking into your car at night, uh, take a walk, know everybody's name, about a thousand people. Um, my little town was in western Ohio. Um, there's one right here in central Ohio. You might have heard of it. You might have been through it. Lithopolis. Uh, Lithopolis has uh, about 1,100 people. And the village is in mourning tonight because something very sad happened there last night. Uh, a mom and her nine-year-old daughter were doing uh, what you can do in small towns where they don't have, you know, people holding you up for a vendor's license or whatever. They were just uh, out selling vegetables at a vegetable stand out in front of their house. And a man who was apparently impaired uh, veered off the road, veered into them, and a little girl was killed. Uh, this is uh, really, really sad in, um, in all circumstances. Um, but it's doubly sad um, for us here at the show because uh, the family that is grieving, uh, the Jones family, the mother, uh, Elizabeth Jones, is uh, in the hospital in critical condition. Uh, little girl Ruthie um, was taken from us. Her father is a guy by the name of Ben Jones. I've never met Ben, but I feel like I know him because Ben Jones is a member of the Columbus Academy uh, Parents, the pro-CA coalition that is fighting the radicalization of the students there through the board president, Jonathan Cass, the head of school, Melissa Soderberg, and the woke teachers, and... um, This is what Ben Jones wrote uh, earlier this month, uh, just two weeks ago, on the Pro-CA Coalition website. He said, I was saddened but not surprised to learn the children of Amy Gonzalez and Andrea Gross have been expelled from Columbus Academy. I've known for a long time that Academy leans to the left. What I did not understand is just how far left they've gone. Thanks to the work of Amy and Andrea, a lot of information has been brought out from the darkness and into the light. Their work has exposed the liberal leftist agenda of school leadership. Unfortunately, their kids were punished because they exercised their First Amendment rights and spoke truth to power. Over the past several months, I've grown to respect and admire Amy and Andrea. In a short time, they've built the following, a pro-CA coalition, a group of 400-plus parents, teachers, students, and alumni that have been awakened to the liberal leftist agenda at Academy. ProCACoalition.com, a website that gives a voice to ProCA, defines its mission, and stores all the pertinent documents and media appearances. I fully and wholeheartedly support Amy, Andrea, and the ProCA Coalition. I think what really bugs school leadership are the three bullet points above. Amy and Andrea are building an audience, have big-time support from the CA community, and are challenging the status quo says to Amy Andrea and the rest of the Pro-CA Coalition, we are the good guys. We pay tuition. We believe that school is school, a place to learn ABC, 
one, two, three. We believe that teachers should teach, not indoctrinate. We believe our kids are innocent beings. We do not believe it is appropriate to promote transgenderism on the walls of our lower school. We respect police officers. We do not believe in defunding the police. We respect Columbus Academy. And we do not believe that Academy represents 110 years of white supremacy. We do not see color. We agree with Martin Luther King. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. It's simple, Ben Jones writes. We are the good guys. He's right about that. He's a Columbus Academy graduate in 1993, and tonight he is... Uh, no doubt, tending to his um, wife who is grievously injured, and they are mourning uh, their little nine-year-old girl, Ruthie. And so I'd ask you to pray for the Jones family uh, of Lithopolis, um, for their community, and um, wow, the loss of a child it's just so excruciating, and in this fashion, uh, doubly so. Uh, the driver of the car, a uh, 67-year-old man from Canal Winchester, has been charged with aggravated vehicular homicide. Uh, his name is Kim Patrick Horton. Uh, additional charges are said to be pending. Um As I said, he is uh, assumed to have been driving impaired. So the Jones family of Lithopolis uh, could really use your prayers and feel free to uh, lift them up in prayer uh, Sunday in your services if your church, like mine, affords you an opportunity uh, to share that with uh, your friends and um, fellow parishioners. So I'm very, very sad. My uh, deepest sympathies go out to uh, Ben and his wife, Elizabeth, and to the uh, friends that they have at Columbus Academy and also in Lithopolis. That's uh, was very, very hard to hear that today. Very hard to hear that. Uh, you guys know that Larry Elder, who hosts the show at 7 o'clock in a normal course of a day here at 98.90 Answer, is now running for governor of California. Uh, Larry Elder has been approved to be on the ballot after initially not being approved to be on the ballot. I think he's got a real shot to win in California because he is such an effective campaigner. He makes such a powerful case. Likewise, you may have seen former Detroit Police Chief James Craig on Fox News periodically. Uh, He was on with Martha McCallum today, just after 3 o'clock, and she, I think, may have uh, prematurely announced that former Detroit Police Chief James Craig is going to run for governor of the state of Michigan on the Republican side of the ticket. He's going to run against Herr Gretchen Whitmer. Whitmer, I'm sorry. She's got the whole Gestapo thing going for her there with the lockdowns. Uh, James Craig, African-American conservative. Larry Elder, African-American conservative. How good would that be? 
if both those gentlemen took a very different path to the governor's office in their respective states, and as the 2024 presidential election dawned upon us, we had a a black Republican governor of California and a black Republican governor of Michigan. Awesome. We are a big tent on the Republican side of the aisle. We welcome all, and I love to see what I'm seeing about both Larry Elder and James Craig.